passion, drive, and patience. What brings home the winning trophy is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance from superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has got you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to turn your car into the MVP and bring home that win. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Old man winter here. If I had it my way, it would stay winter all year long. Short days, wind chill, black ice and a good polar vortex. (laughs) Heaven. Wait, is it getting warm in here? Your cold snap is over, old man winter. Spring has arrived. Spring. Spring is here, which means it's the perfect time to get away in the Hyundai you've always wanted. Visit the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event, where you can get great deals on all of our award-winning Hyundai models, like the tech-filled Tucson and Kona, as well as the spacious Palisade. Enjoy wherever you go with the peace of mind that comes with America's best warranty and three years or 36,000 miles of complimentary maintenance. But hurry in. These deals won't last. Add more joy to your journey at the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Now get 0% APR or up to 1500 bonus cash on the Hyundai Tucson. Now, during the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Offers end soon. Call 562-314-4603 for details. And we are back on Inside Black and Gold. I'm Jeff Nowak. He's Steve Geller. And so, Steve, you, you talked, we just talked about the defense a little bit in terms of there were a lot of standout players. But if you did have to single one out, who would it be? Uh, I'd have to give it to Granderson just because I thought he was a, a wrecking ball out there and was really impressed to see that translate from camp, what we were seeing into the game. And just a guy that overall for me, I've talked about it. We've talked about it kind of thing. Just every year you've seen that. Steady progression with him. Really excited to now see what he can put forth the rest of the season because, man, oh, man, we've been needing that dude, the opposite of Cam Jordan for a while now. I agree completely. And and I was tweeting about this a lot during the game. Man, Carl impressed the hell out of me. And he impressed me throughout camp, right? Like, I I feel like we we talk about these guys, we talk about these guys. He has been showing it all offseason. And the only question was, okay, you know, is this a mirage? Like, is it just he's beating up on Trevor Penning every day? <laughs> right. It's um, to say that, but it's true. But no, I mean, I think you can you can definitely see it here. And so this was the first drive of the game. This was third down right after that Rashid Jaheed fumble. And he hits the left tackle with a spin move that basically just knocks him into another hemisphere. He doesn't get credit for a tackle on this play, but I think he gets a QB hit. Oof. I mean, you get to see just how far... This guy gets thrown out of the play from this very basic spin move. Just sets him up outside, comes back inside, boom. So fast. Ryan Tano has no chance. So that's one play. Now let me go find another one. But yeah, it's very impressive to watch him work out there. And he's just been getting better and better and better every year. And I think we're really seeing him come into his own right now. Yeah, and for a guy, obviously, undrafted, I know he had some legal issues surrounding him that were some concerns. That's been cleared up and has been a really interesting piece for this defense that, like I said, 
someone we've watched develop year after year, uh, getting a little bigger, getting a little stronger, uh, doing more and getting more of those snaps on defense. And yeah, he, he's definitely putting up the stats now. Uh, hope, hoping that continues, man, because it's going to be huge. Like I said, to have that guy, that steady force opposite of Cam Jordan. Yes. And so, like, like I mentioned, we had the spin move. Now the clip I'm putting up, bull rush. I mean, he just takes number 71. I don't even know. I should have learned the Titans left tackle's name, but I didn't think it was worth it since he's going to get cut next week. Um, <laughs> just, I'm just kidding. I don't know his name, though. <laughs> but, yeah, so here's the bull rush. And, I mean, this is another play where he just blows up everything. And Ryan Tannehill is just running for his life. You know, I, you know we, I, I talked a few times about how Ryan Tannehill made life a lot easier on the Saints defense with some misses. Um, there was a play where Tajay Spears was running by himself down the sideline. And he basically del- delivered the ball out of bounds. Tajay had a chance to make a crazy catch. But, you know, best case scenario, he goes out of bounds with a, whatever gain it was. And maybe he should have had a touchdown if he just puts that in the field of play. Tannehill threw three interceptions. All three of them were targeting DeAndre Hopkins. He had another one that could have been intercepted that was targeting DeAndre Hopkins. All four of those were against four different defensive backs. One was Marshawn Lattimore. One was Isaac Yadam. One was Paul Sandibo. And one was Ugo Amadi. That was the one that didn't get intercepted, but was very close. But, you know, one of the reasons that Ryan Tannehill was playing like his head was on fire is because the defensive line just made his life miserable. And, you know, you you see players, you know, if you watch that Giants game, for example, on on Sunday night, you know, Daniel Jones, by the end of that game, was not playing like Daniel Jones. He was playing like a guy who was shell-shocked. And he was making bad decisions that were based entirely on, I've been running for my life all day, and if I hold this ball more than X number of seconds, I'm going to get my head taken off. And so you're making bad decisions because of that. And I think that's what you saw from Ryan Tannehill in this game because he was dreadful. Sacked three times, I think, what, 10 pressures on him. Uh, yeah, you definitely love to see that. And uh, I got to say, too, game ball-wise, I'd have to maybe split it and give one to Demario Davis, too. Obviously, led the team in tackles. But hearing what that guy went through leading up to game day, I don't even know how the man played. Yeah, that was uh, that was something remarkable, what he talked about of his daughter having the seizure on Friday, and he spent the night in the hospital, and – um, I think we have a clip of Pete Warner talking about kind of DeMario in that game. And, and here's all that. And man, I have so much respect for that guy. And I, I watched the whole video um, after the game. And I thought, man, hey, we, we didn't even hear about it in the locker room. And to put that aside and go out and practice and bring the energy that he does and be the leader that he does in this building. I mean, there's, there's no other guy that you want to have on, on your team. And you know, I'm, I'm, I'm blessed to be next to him, blessed to have him on this team. Um, but, it, it, you know, you, you got he and his thoughts all the time. And um, I just give him a lot to, to kind of go out and come into the facility and, um, and just do, it, do what he do. So, like, he, he, he does more than what we ask for. It's, it's incredible to learn from a guy like that. Um, so uh, to, to see that, it's, it's, it's incredible, to, especially how he executed in the game. DeMario, you know, he's a he's a emotional leader, uh, obviously. And you, you hear that from Pete. And, uh, you know, the story he told was was incredible. And, you know, he's always got a he's always got a message. Right. Like, uh, you know, when there are times you hear people talk and it's like, OK, come on, get to the <laughs> point. 
but he's always got a point. So you don't rush him to the point because you know, he's getting there and he's got a reason for saying everything that he does. And uh, you know, and, and that's, and that's one thing, but he's also a physical leader. And there was a point in this game and I'm, I'm playing it right now where it really just felt like DeMario Davis looked at Derrick Henry and said, okay, bet. And like I felt from that point, he it was a it was a second down play. I want to say, and it felt like from there he just took it as a personal challenge. Like I'm going to take this guy out of his cleats. If he tries to block me, I am putting him into the dirt, and he did on one play. And so he had, I want to say, his first seven carries, he had 43 yards. His next eight carries, which this was his seventh carry that I am flashing up, he got three yards on this carry. From that point on, eight carries. 20 total yards. He averaged over six yards per carry on his seven first seven rushing attempts. He averaged 2.5 yards per carry on his final eight rushing attempts. And I had some Titans fans come at me because I pointed out that the Saints held Derrick Henry to 12 total yards in the second half of this game. And they were like, well, they just stopped using him. And like, well, when you're holding a guy to 2.5 yards a carry in the second half of the game, yeah, you're not going to give him the ball. Like, what's your point? Like, like stopping a guy so effectively that they just stopped going to him. Uh, I think that's even more impressive than if they're just trying to plow his head into the line. So, you know, I mean, DeMario, uh, and, and there's a play from Alante Taylor. I'll flash up too. Uh, you know, the Saints defense in general did a very good job of stopping Derrick Henry in the second half of this game. And I think just the, when you, when you have DeMario going out there and just standing on his head to make these tackles, it gives you a lot of a lot of emotional energy, and uh, he and he's just that guy. And I just love watching Demario play. Now that's something we've seen now too. I feel like right off the bat, I can feel that passion, that fire, whatever you want to call it, the competitive spirit. And I'm not saying that they weren't a you know competitive team that didn't didn't you know care about football last year kind of thing, but. It, it's already – it feels different this season in that aspect to me. And obviously, DeMario Davis, a big piece of that. He he was a guy in the locker room early on last year. It it didn't seem like the same DeMario. Uh, wasn't, wasn't the same guy you saw maybe more concern in his face and because I guess he knew what was going on with this team from the inside. But to see how he's been interacting around, along with the rest of the team this year – I'm just really impressed on how locked in and, you know, just on the same page everyone is early on. Uh, hoping that continues just because that, that that's definitely a big key to continuing winning as well. Yeah, I just felt like there wasn't a level of belief last year. It didn't feel like, you know, it, like it felt to a certain point like there a lot of people going through the motions because it just didn't. Like, I don't think the talent level was was where it needed to be. I think there was a lot of questions at key positions. A lot of people were hurt. And, um, you know, it's just with Derek Carr in there with with a with a with a more clear vision, um, especially from a coaching perspective. I think that you you saw that. And this is a play that, you know, uh, Alante Taylor. We talked about this. He's playing in the slot. He's learning on the job. There's going to be moments where it's like, man, that guy doesn't look like he's ready in that position. And he had that in this game. There were a couple moments where he tried to undercut a pass, where he got beat on a play, and you're like, okay, he's learning. Um, But this is something a lot of will always have, and it's just being fearless. I mean, this is 
First and 10, Saints 15-yard line. Saints are up 16-12. to 12. The Titans are driving for a potential go-ahead touchdown. Alante Taylor, all like 6'1", 200, you know, like 196 pounds of him or whatever. I don't know. I just made that up. It's got to be pretty close to that. Just meets Derrick Henry head-to-head. There are highlight reels of Derrick Henry getting in this situation and turning defensive backs into dust. So what does Alante do? He says, well, guess how much I bench? And he doesn't make the tackle, but he also doesn't get stiff-armed into the dirt. He, he does enough to slow Derrick Henry down so that the team can get up there and gang tackle him. He ends up losing two yards on this play. Look who that is finishing it off is Demario Davis. And I mean, this is, I cannot overstate how important of a play this was, especially from an emotional standpoint. The Titans are just driven all the way downfield. This is Derek freaking Henry. If he rips off 10 to 12 yards, gets them down to the goal line, I mean, you are in a world of trouble if you're the Saints. You know, maybe they come back and score. Maybe they still win the game. But, you know, this is the play that forced them ultimately to kick a field goal in a situation where, you, you know, you, they, they want to go in and score a touchdown. They don't want to go down 16 to 15. Where, do, where, where, where does that leave you? It's the play that made it so the Saints could ice the game rather than have to go down and make a winning score. And, you know, for Alante Taylor, he, I, I, I'll give him all the credit in the world. It's not easy to lose a position battle for a starting job and then be told you got to do something else now, right? I think he took it in stride. I think he he handled it as well as you could. And he's making it work. And that play, man, I, 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 I can't overstate how big of a moment that was in this game for this defense. It was a statement type play and good for him. I mean, like, it's impossible to not like Alante. And, you know, that, that moment there, like Bradley Roby's not making that tackle. I, I don't know if CJ makes that tackle. Was that play, do you know offhand, if it happened before or after Alante got banged up? Because I know he did uh, was get hurt. This was the, See, that's the impressive last too, time on the ball. Yeah, that's impressive to a guy coming back after getting even nicked up to come up front and, and not be afraid to make that tackle on Henry or to, to at least get in the way and slow that guy down. Yeah, this was the Titans' third to last offensive play in the game because they kicked the field goal and then Saints got it back and they ran the clock out. So, yeah, I mean, if again, if, you know, I don't think he scores on that play, but I'm not guaranteeing he doesn't either. If he breaks that tackle and gets ahead of steam and who's, who's tackling him, right? Like you're, you're asking another defensive back to come up and, and tackle a runaway train. I don't know. Um, but I, I thought that was impressive and there were a lot of impressive plays by the defense. Um, sure. But you can see that there were also moments where you had, you had situations like this, right? This is that Tajay Spears play where you kind of misplayed it. And uh, he's basically by himself down the field. He kind of came through uh, in motion and went on a wheel route. And the Saints didn't handle that well. There was another play that they kind of had a flea flicker to, I think his name is Aconquo, the tight end. And he was wide open. Ryan Tannehill missed him. There was this play on the on the first down or the first drive of the game. See if I can find it. You know, Cam Jordan saves the Saints bacon here. Because Alante Taylor, again, we talked about he's in the slot. He's learning. He gets caught up in the wash here. This is a pick play. So this is him at the top, and he gets kind of caught here. This guy's working up the sideline, and all Ryan Tannehill has to do is lay this ball out, but he can't do it because Cam Jordan sniffs it out. Cam Jordan saw what was happening. He got there, and he made it. So Ryan Tannehill, if he tries to throw that ball, he's getting wiped out. 
And it saves them because look at how open this guy is down the sideline, you know? And so that's, that's, you talk about like players helping, you know, the defensive line complementing the secondary and the secondary complementing the defensive line and coverage sacks and all that sort of thing. And so that's, that's what you had. And, uh, you know, there, there were a lot of really nice moments in this game. Um, you know, coverage bus only matter if they get taken advantage of, but I guarantee you the saints see that and they're working on it. And those are things that you're hoping you don't see happen three, four weeks down the road. But this game could have been a lot more difficult had Ryan Tannehill hit some of these passes. Yeah, and luckily going into this week, you know, you got a rookie signal caller ahead with the Panthers. I'm hoping to see this defense really work over, you know, things Monday night, uh, create some more turnovers and, you know, skip out of Carolina with another victory, go 2-0 and on the year. Things, things are starting to percolate a little bit for this team. I like it. I agree. Now, one final uh, play I'll highlight here. And, uh, you know, it's a little grainy. I zoomed in. But so this is Marshawn Lattimore on DeAndre Hopkins at the top of the screen. This is two plays prior to the interception. Everyone's going to talk about the interception, which because that's the highlight play. It's obviously a big play. But, you know, I think we get spoiled watching Marshawn Lattimore every week. This is the exact matchup you have him for. This, you know, DeAndre Hopkins, big wide receiver. He's going to try to bully you. And Marshawn is not getting bullied. And just watch this play. Watch. You couldn't slide a credit card in between these guys throughout this route. I mean, this is the most physical receiver in the NFL, not named Michael Thomas. And he just cannot get a inch of space. Ryan Tannehill throws to him anyway, because that was Ryan Tannehill's MO in this game. He's saying, I trust DeAndre. And it didn't work for him. He threw three interceptions targeting DeAndre Hopkins. And, you know, one of the reasons that you can't throw to DeAndre Hopkins is because Marshawn is shadowing him. Uh, you know, they found ways to get a DeAndre on other guys and those defensive backs stepped up. But, you know, Marshawn Lattimore, uh, Ross Tucker said this during the game. It was like, I don't think we talk about Marshawn Lattimore enough when we talk about the top cornerbacks in the NFL. And he's absolutely right because – I you cannot name me five cornerbacks better than Marshawn Lattimore. You'll be lucky to name three, and I think that's even pushing it. I think he's top two, and he would tell you he's not two. He's top two, but he's not two. Uh, and and I the only reason you know he's he's a man corner. He's a very specific man cover corner, and there is not a better man cover corner in the NFL. There might be better all around corners, but you play more zone. There is no one better than Marshawn Lattimore doing what Marshawn Lattimore does, which is man, shadow, cover corner, and being physical specifically. And it's like, you, there's a reason Mike Evans, there's a reason DK Metcalf, there's a reason DeAndre Hopkins all get shut down when they're going up against them. It's because you think you can out physical that guy, but you can't. And hearing from Lattimore post game, I, I loved it too. Uh, him in the locker room talking about obviously the, their goal. Uh, to be the number one defense. He talked about how everybody in that secondary, they want to be the top dog kind of thing, and everyone's fighting for that same, you know, number one spot. Uh, Love to hear it. Love to see it. And, yeah, I mean, for all the criticism, too, head coach Dennis Allen gets, the man knows how to put together a damn secondary. I'll give him that. I agree, and you got to give Marcus Robertson credit, too. You got to give these players credit. They didn't just – you know, they, they made the plays like we were talking about this all offseason. Can they make interceptions? Can they turn these pass breakups into takeaways? Yeah. And not only did they do it, they did it three times. It took them until week 13 last year to get three interceptions. <laughs> Think about wow. that. That's, yeah, that's, that's just crazy. abysmal. Right. That's crazy. And they could have had five. 
you know, and, and I, and I expect them to get at least one off Bryce young, maybe more. And yeah, I, I couldn't be happier with, with what we saw on both sides. Well, I take that back. What we saw out of a majority of this team, the offensive line needs to step up, but there's a, there are a lot of phases in this game. And I think, you know, special teams, other than that fumble, it was a couple bad penalties. You know, I, there's last year, the Saints won in week one. And it felt like, man, they stole one, but they played terribly for three quarters of that game. And they found a way to steal it from a team that lo- is better at losing a lead than anybody. <laughs> and But this year, I feel like they won, they, they won a very close game against a, a good team. And they did a ton of encouraging things. And, you know, again, I said this at the hot top of the show. I'll say it again. This is the most fun I've had breaking down film from a game in years. Yeah, it says a lot for sure. I mean, you had you had a little bit of everything uh, from, you know, some some highlights there on offense, a whole lot on defense. And yeah, a little bit of a redemption story from the beginning of a game with a guy like Rashid Shaheed coming back to be, you know, one of the heroes instead of one of the issues and why you lost the game. Yeah, and he justified me taking him in every fantasy league uh, and gave me some some fun texts I could send out. So I have to thank him for that. I made the mistake in fantasy this week, Jeff, of sitting the Dallas Cowboys defense like a schmuck. I went up against him in our league. Oh, really? Yeah, I had a chance and then... Well, I also have Aaron Rodgers as my quarterback, so I'm in all I'm in a world of hurt uh, in that league. <laughs> uh, silly me thinking thinking A Rod. Maybe I'll pick up Zach Wilson. Uh, maybe I'll pick up Jameis because he's going to be their quarterback soon, right? That's what I heard on Twitter. <laughs> but all right, let's wrap up this podcast. We're going to be coming back later in the week. Hopefully, have some sort of Panthers guest to get some insight on what the Saints can expect out in Carolina. I'm Jeff Nowak. He's Steve Geller. This is Inside Black and Gold. If you haven't subscribed yet, please do that. Give us a rating. Let us know what you think. Let us know what you'd like to hear more of. I think we're, we're really getting into the flow here. We're going to be doing the three episodes throughout the season, and I'm excited about it. Share this with your friends. Share it with your mom, your dog, whoever might want to listen. Uh, we're, we're pet friendly. You're, yeah. you're two of the Inside Black and Gold podcast, and we're hoping that we have a postseason edition this season. <laughs> that would be nice. That would be yes, nice. And exactly. as always, check out WWL.com for the latest Saints content. Listen to WWL Radio AM 870 FM 105.3 and the Odyssey app. This podcast is on there as well. Bobby Bear, Steve Geller, Mike Dettelier. Hey, I'm on there sometimes. Mike Haas, too. Uh, I know they have, the, they have Dennis Allen on the program every Monday or Tuesday this come this coming week because it's a Monday night game. And then Mickey Loomis is on there on Tuesdays, normally Wednesday next week. So I've Actually, always checked because, that out. Because of the way it's a short week after the Monday night, there won't be Dennis Allen on the coaches show. We'll have to scrounge up some kind of guest, but it won't be DA or an assistant this coming week. Well, wait until week three. Either way, go, right. Mondays. Dennis Allen, good stuff. You get to listen to Bobby be like, uh, Coach Allen, but, uh, you know, why did, why did I make Bobby from Brooklyn? That's <laughs> I know Bobby's been merciless on poor Peyton Turner because of a toe, turf toe. He's like, what is that? I'm like, Bobby, come on. You know turf toe's a damn serious injury. Yeah. Yeah. It sounds, it sounds, it sounds weak. <laughs> All right. Thanks, y'all, for listening. Who dat? Go Saints. Be easy, y'all. Inside black and gold. <laughs>